Welcome to Vino 101, episode 50. Welcome to Vino 101, I'm Bill. Hello, everybody. It's Al. We are ready to talk economics of wine today, Bill. Yeah, economics and wine. So it's, you know, uh, just to remind everybody when we're doing this, it is harvest season here in uh, wine country. And um, this year, uh, to dive right in, this year... The, we so we had Al and I before we started. We're just talking about the weather and how um, the weather here has turned from I don't know was it, it was a hundred like last weekend or ninety one hundred and five yeah and today I think it was like it was like fifty one last night or in the high high forties yeah. I have a, a flannel shirt on right now I was cold one hour ago um, yeah. and then we had a late the summer didn't start very. Um, it started late, so it was cool for quite a while. And my whole point bringing the weather up is we were joking that it must have been really good for the grapes because um, there's a, uh, uh, it looks like a, a record harvest. Um, like, and they've been record harvests for the last like three or four years. So there's a lot of people who are wondering, um, you know, if they're even going to be able to sell their grapes. Well, and, here's here's what happened. Grapes really love, especially the type of grapes we're talking about, Cabernet, Chardonnay, you know, all your all your noble varieties. They really enjoy a nice, long, reasonably moderate growing period. And if if they've had that, they definitely have had that this year. And um, we had a super um, a, a, a protracted winter. Yeah. As I recall, I mean yeah. it. It didn't start. It didn't stop raining till June, I think. And um, it's been it's been unseasonably cool. And usually uh, for this area, I as for as long as I can remember, I can always um, recall days where I think last three or four days ago it was 105, like I said. But we would have these periods where we'd go three or four days where we're just a a furnace blast. <laughs> we have two or, two or three of those. Yeah. We only had really one, and that was the one last week. And it was just for just a couple of days. And yeah. like you said, now we're back in the fifties again. And uh, I think it topped seventy degrees yesterday in Santa Rosa. I mean, that was the high. So it's a really wonderful area for grapes. It's great climate for grapes to grow in. You get lots of water, and you got a nice, cool, even growing season makes for a, a, a good crop. They yeah. didn't have any rain when uh, there was flowering, so they got um, they got some good flowering. So um, consequently, we got way, way, way too many grapes. And they've had, um, you know, this has been a thing that's been going on. We've kind of hit this point of uh, inflection where, okay, especially with the Gallo sale, I know I hate to keep going back to this, but, but the Gallo Constellations thing, is has really thrown everything topsy turvy, and we talked about this in the last podcast. You've got people that have uh, grape contracts and they have grapes, and their contracts, you know, usually they could go out and just like drive up to a winery and they would take their grapes. It's just not working out that way anymore. Yeah. So uh, you're faced with what do you do if you've got uh, forty, you know, forty acres of Zinfandel. I mean, what are you going to do with that Zinfandel, Bill? I drove by a place uh, off of Reebley Road the other day, uh, last week. Right. Never seen this before. There was a sign on the fence <laughs> alongside the road, grapes for sale. Wow. You know, you could just come in and just, like, buy some grapes. I've never seen that in Sonoma County. 
Well, it it, it or, or, on that on that specific note, it is a wonderful year if you want to try to make wine. Yes, because yes. you can get grade A fruit or the best fruit for probably really good price. Yeah, yeah, and so yes, yes you can. And and I will uh, tell you, if you even try and you have good fruit, you will probably make a decent bottle of wine. Um, as long as you don't do anything, as long as you're clean and don't do anything bad. Um, and you brought up the you know the Gallo thing. Everybody, you know, we and we say this a lot. There are a very small number of companies that command over eighty percent of what you drink. So said another way, they determine what you drink. They determine what you what is sort of good taste and and ultimately what ends up on the shelf. So um, and they're having all kinds of problems this year because of the grape glut. Yeah. And 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 people are going to get hurt in a material way, you know, financially. Well, we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I mean, the, did you see the article? Um, this guy, um, what's his name? Um, Louis Purdue. He does. Um, it's an insider's look of the wine industry. Right. You have to subscribe to it. But he did do an article on um, Constellations brands and their uh, their ongoing. Um, I, I don't even know if it's a, if it's a, a lawsuit. Really, it's just they're going back and forth with uh, Dorothy Vassar. The Vassars are grape growers in Ukiah. Ukiah is a little bit. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's a, about forty-five minutes north of Santa Rosa. You know, it's a, it's another little. It's in Mendocino County, and it's another area where uh, uh, lots of grapes are grown in that area. Actually, similar geography, similar climate. Um, maybe a little hotter in their valleys in the winter. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and maybe a little bit. Uh, probably a little bit more. Um, probably a little bit more um, rain. I would say. Yeah. And I was going to say a little higher elevation too. A little bit, but, but very these, similar. But Dorothy's been growing grapes for 53 years in Redwood Valley. Um, her husband was, um, his name was uh, John. This is a classic old school story, man. John Vassar, um, I think the guy was born in like 1940. And he lived in Ukiah. He worked at Safeway. His first job was at Safeway. Yeah. So I This mean, is not uncommon. Working. This is not uncommon, by the way, folks. Uh, yeah, this, you know, this let, is the way it used to be. Yeah, yeah, people had two acres in the backyard and, and had a day job. Yeah. So he worked, he worked at Safeway, and he bought this vineyard. Um, I mean, he was he was in the Army. Once he got out of the Army, he started working at Safeway back in, like, I think, like, in the late 50s. <laughs> so he, he saved up his money, and they bought a property. Like, like Bill said, they bought a couple acres uh, in uh, Ukiah. Had a little vineyard on it, house, and... Uh, he liked to work in the vineyard, so and he liked the garden, so that's what he did. He, he um, tended the grapes and sold them. And over the years, he grew that property. That property grew to um, what size is that property? She's trying to sell it now. It's uh, it grew to 26 acres. So fast forward 40 years, 50 years, you got 26 acres. They're growing Zinfandel, Petit Syrah. Uh, they probably got grapes you never even heard of in there that <laughs> they don't know i'm sure it's all mixed up yeah but there's they sell their wine over these years they're selling to parducci which was a big producer big back producer. in the day especially in to, that area yeah they're selling to white bell they're selling to uh, kendall jackson kendall jackson's probably buying a lot of their stuff yeah. 
And then uh, they start selling to Ravenswood. And uh, Mrs. Vassar says she loved she loved working with Joel Peterson and selling her, her Zinfandel grapes down. But along comes uh, Constellations Brands has owned Ravenswood forever. Yeah. Um, they decided, hey, um, we're not going to be buying your grapes anymore. And uh, the crux of this, this, this article is what happened is um, they said, hey, we're not going to buy, we're not going to, um, we're not going to buy your grapes. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll, uh, we'll accept the grapes and we'll make wine out of them. To make a long story short, Bill, they lost her wine. And uh, I don't know if you saw all of the articles. The, the paperwork that they've the printed the art is just priceless. They and literally lost her wine. Yeah, you don't, and you don't have to be a. Uh, it's clear if you read all their correspondence. <laughs> they like, and, and it's funny because it's not the, funny. I'm, it's well, I mean, just, it's it's funny in the context of how absurd it is, and like, really, you think you guys are gonna like this is gonna hold up in court? You know, because that's where it's going to go. I mean, she's like, I haven't yeah. gotten a lawyer yet, but, and I think this is probably one of many of these types of things we're going to see. Yes, um, that was my point. Yep. I mean, one related to the, so one, one, this is brought about by the, um, as a, one of the local TV stations said, massive grape, grape harvest, you know, massive yeah. yield. Um, and the second thing is, you know, Constellation it's just gotten bigger and bigger so this type of stuff will continue to happen until they get the right processes in place um and it's super hard if you've ever dealt if you've ever dealt with a product that is a liquid product you know how do you keep track of it because it you get it from somewhere and you're gonna tank it well those tanks are you know if you have a tank of zinfandel it's all going into the zinfandel tank you know it's not bifurcated or you know separated into a bunch of small tanks so um even if it's mass quantities i think you know if you want a good idea of some what that might look look like take a look at our last podcast there's a picture of one of the big um wineries in livingston gallo wineries in livingston california um then you can see how many tanks they have (laughs) you know it's just crazy but I, i don't you know What's going to be what's going to be hard about this for the, these folks is to, you know do they have legal representation, and then the amount of money it's going to take to go through to fight this thing. Well, this borders on. I mean, this literally borders on elder abuse. I think. I mean, this woman's seventy six years old. Her husband died. He died like twelve years ago. So she's been living on the property. She's been selling a grave. She's been fairly comfortable, I would imagine. You know, these guys come along and they're like sending her these, uh, you know, these certified mail letters, you know, that they're sending to her property. She's she's probably like, what is this? You know, we've had this agreement for years where, you know, you guys come, you pick the grapes and then you send me a check. It's been great. Now she's got to go through all of this. So she's decided to sell her property. It's listed at seven hundred seventy five thousand dollars. Um. You know, and in the article it says she's decided that it's a good time to sell. Well, yeah, it's a good time to sell because you're doing all this farming and you're not getting paid for any of the farming that you've done. Yeah. Of course it's a good time to sell. I mean, she's she's being ripped off <laughs> by this big company. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they made a mistake. I'm sure they didn't do it on purpose, but she's being financially harmed by this large company. 
And like you said, this is going to happen to a lot of people because there's a whole bunch of Vassars that are out there, not only in Mendocino Lake, but in Sonoma and even in Napa County. Not everyone's a super rich person that just decided, hey, it'd be really cute to raise a family out here and have some grapes in the backyard. There's a lot of people that have worked hard. I mean, the dude worked at Safeway, for God's sake. <laughs> it sounds like he was some huge bucks. This is like, this guy was like, you know, he was doing it the hard way. That's the, what's, what is that, Bill? That's the American dream, right? Yeah. You know? And, and hey, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to. Well, I do something I'm passionate about, and I'm, I can make some money from it. That's, you know, and, and, and you said this earlier. I mean, these people are not, um, it, it's not about, I think people think about the, the, the wine business and there's all this glamour and, you know, luxury around it. Most of it's not about that. Most of it is just farming and you know, people who are in that business, who are doing that type of farming, you know, you don't make a lot of money. And so, you know, you, you probably look at her place, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, it would give you the idea that there might be a lot of money in this business, but it's not. The second thing I think, to, the, the second thing I think is, this is just yet another um, move to where a business was very local, things were done on a handshake deal very old school in some degrees what we think of old school where that's all being changed yeah. like as you said these guys you know joel peterson probably used to know like come over and have lunch or dinner look at the grapes talk exactly. about talk about you know talk about how the season was going potentially walk through the mm -hmm. vineyard talk to vineyard manager about what they were doing in the vineyard um, there's a lot of care and craft going into the production of this wine and now it's just a business contract Absolutely. and you know I I don't I, I don't I you know I don't like that <laughs> you know it's why I'm not gonna buy that wine but it's yeah. it, it's sort that's of my, that... yeah I you know so we have the power that's, of the purse well yeah we have the power of the purse as consumers people, yeah and people should bear that in mind you know when you're going out like you said earlier, you know, you go to a, a, any uh, independent, like a big grocery store, like this, I don't want to call anybody out, but they'll have a thousand wines. Dude, 75% of those wines are made by like just three or four companies. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally, it's when you, when you think of the volume and the bulk and to buttress your point that this isn't, uh, this has really become a business. Did you, did you see the article about the guy um, uh, Harrington Wines. Yes, he's, he's closing up his shop. Yeah, this, there's been a lot of this over, say, the past. Uh, I guess it's maybe like 15, 20 years ago. But you have all of these wineries that are in cities, urban wineries. And this guy, he has an urban winery uh, called Harrington Wines in San Francisco, and he's closing up shop. And the reason he's closing up is the rents. The rent has taken the rents too high. And uh, he just he just can't do it. So he's he he's like I'm not even gonna find another space, you know, because I'll get in there and get set up, and the rent will go up on that space. So, you know, not only is it uh, hard work and it's laborious to actually make these products and do the things that are required, you know, I mean, you do all that work and you give uh, most of it to your to your landlord, 
or, or all of it to your landlord. So the guy, just to, to buttress your point a little bit, his plans are he's going to spend some time traveling in Italy and Spain, and he's going to get back into painting. Yes. So, I mean, he's going to you're going to paint. He goes, well, I got to I got to make some I got to do something to make a living for sure because right? he's a young guy. But that's that's kind of what's going on. So uh, you you couple that with just grapes everywhere, and it's not just grapes everywhere, Bill. What you have to realize is that a lot of people don't realize when the wine is made. There's wine that was made last year, and there's wine that was made the year before that's just sitting in huge tanks, ready to be bottled. Somebody's right. got to buy it, and it's got to be bottled, and then it's got to be sold. If your tanks are already full, what, you know, what's going to motivate you to process more product? I would say nothing. No, no, unless you, you yeah, unless that. you and find, yeah, unless you're finding an alternate use for that, for that, uh, for that ingredient, yeah. which I don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> make vinegar. I don't know what are you going to make, you know, soda pop. Um, you know, you can't dry. You, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with the. Uh, extract resveratrol and sell resveratrol you know um it's uh um and it it isn't a it's affecting the entire chain so you also posted an article about cameron hughes who's uh who's what's known as a negotiant and so what he he will do is he'll take that tanked wine he'll buy it at a fraction of the price and sell it and it's effectively the same wine you know i'm i don't know that this is true but um, well, let me just say it this way. He's going to take a wine that you'll pay 30, 40, 50 bucks a bottle and sell it to you for, you know, 18 to 20. Um, or, you know, something like that. You'll yeah. pay a quarter. You'll pay a quarter of what you will pay. And it's the exact same wine. It's literally the exact same wine. Um, Absolutely. They have a good um, word in here that, what do they call it? A, a sparkle or a spark? I have to find it, but it's a uh, it's basically a wine that's already been bottled from a producer that has no label on it, and so oh, you're talking about shiners, a shiner, thank you, and they're called shiners, and so this like Cameron will go out and buy this thing. He's also there's also an industry term for what he is known as, which is called a negotiant, which is what and that's what they do. So they'll negotiate with the wine producer to buy the wine label it and then a case that it's not labeled and then resell it to a um, 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 to a buyer uh, or a retailer I should say and Cameron Cameron really made his money my opinion in his deals with Costco and you know back in the day price club um, and he has a you know he has a huge following but this article um, who publishes a Forbes article, um, you know, he's talking about the fact that there's this grape glut. He might even be in trouble this year because he may it, – it's unclear what's going to happen in the market. At least that's what I got from the, um, you know, from the article. You know, he's just – you know, he's saying that, you know, there's so much production. It's not cl- – and so much control by a, a small number of companies. It's going to be really tough for him to be able to do what he's doing. Well, a lot of this, a lot of this, if you, if you read, I haven't read it, but I, I actually listened to some of the video of the state of the wine industry report for 2019 that Rob uh, McMillan of uh, 
Silicon Valley Bank did. Yeah. He's a good fighter. And, good guy to follow. Yeah, and basically what they're saying is <laughs> is that baby boomers control 70% of the U.S. discretionary income. And consequently, they have half the net worth of U.S. what's in U.S. these days. But all these people, all these baby boomers, they're retiring. I mean, they're just like, hey, man, we're done. <laughs> so they got to replace these people that are retiring. Not only are they retiring, they have, they're embracing a more healthy lifestyle, so they're not consuming as much. They may be consuming, but they're consuming better quality yeah, and know. less of. Yeah, if you look at CVS receipts from Sebastopol, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> And in fact, my mom said she went, we sent her pictures of the CVS where she lives. She lives about three hours away from here. And she was shocked by the amount of seniors that were in. And she's like, they have shopping carts full of alcohol. And I'm like, well, mom, when you got a lot of free time and you do enjoy a drink, you know, 12 o'clock somewhere is the thing. At, all joking aside, you know, and, you know, the economics and the demographics will be what it will be. Those people control a lot of, uh, you know, as you say, a, a significant percentage of the of the income. They're also de- that's a declining population. Um, right. Period. And they are, and they will become more cash conscious. Yes, they probably will buy more, but they're going to get smaller in terms of the number of them. And it's not yes. clear where that money's going to go. To your point. Well, they they want the they want the millennials to pick up the. To, to pick up the gauntlet and you know that's been the talk for the past 10 10 plus years but um there's a there's a there's some type of um phrase in this article that says uh oh i uh, hear this millennials aren't yet embracing wine consumption as many have had predicted damaged financial capacity is a major contrib- contributor damaged financial capacity that's an interesting phrase so what do you think that relates to? Uh, are, you, are you saying that uh, they haven't reached their capacity yet? But how has it been damaged? Uh, the only thing I can think of is the amount of, uh, of debt that they have access to. Debt, fin- debt I'll just say debt financing or, or loans. So, you know, student loans, you know, you're not going to, I, you know, you're not going to college these days without, a, you know, a credit card. You have a credit card. You know, and the credit That's card true. companies are like, oh, you're paying your bill on time? Here's another $10,000 in credit. You deserve it. Yeah. Go nuts. And, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you're, you know, you're out with your friends. Yeah, I'll put another round on the card. We've all been there. And so, so like, you know, I think. Pizza and beer. That's your. I think that's. that's why they're not buying wine. They're pizza and beer. No, I don't think that's the case. I think, I think there are a lot of. So kind of as we were talking before we started, I think there's a lot of factors at play. So one is they don't, you know, I came out of school. I didn't have any college debt. And that was probably more the norm than it was, you know, the exception rather. I think today it's the exception rather than the rule. I think when I went to school, that was different. That was much different. School was a lot cheaper then. You know, I didn't pay a lot of, you know, I went to state school in Wisconsin. It wasn't expensive. You know, it was not. And you know you can live cheap. If you didn't, if you wanted to live cheap, you could live cheap. Um, you know, I didn't. Pay, I probably didn't pay more than you know a couple hundred bucks at most for rent. Um, you know, to live. So you know, all of that's changed. 
Um, yeah, sec- you could go to the you could go to the junior college. I don't know. I'd say twenty five years ago, you paid more for the books than you did for yeah. the the units. Yeah, and that's still that's almost true today. It's I think it's ninety dollars yeah. a credit hour at the JC. So that you know that you can do you can still do it today, but it's not that's not what you're told that you need to do to get a good job. You're supposed to go to a four year school, focus on some career field, and you know everything's going to be magic for you. The other thing I think at play. Um, and I'm not. I'm also not trying to say everybody who drinks wine or understands wine or knows about you know fine wine or what's going on. You, you have to have a college degree to have any of that. I'm not trying to correlate those two things. I'm just saying that there are a fair amount of people who have more debt because of school, um, whether they're in a four-year degree or even or some other type of of, co- of college or school than they than they did you know. 20 you know 10 20 years ago said another way school it, it's thought about school in the context that you will finance and get a loan and pay for it that's sort of one thing number number two number two i i think that they're that in it you know i'm not i'm not i don't get to travel as much as i used to i think the millennials are very um indiscreet about what they consume and they're they're more open to try different things and as I was talking before we started this morning, I'm noticing in some of the places I'm going out, we went out on Friday, my wife and I went out Friday night, we went to a new a new brew pub or brewery, um, it was next to the theater, to have a, uh, a drink before the show. And there were, there were young people in there and they were drinking a variety of things. They were drinking beer, they were drinking kombucha, they were drinking canned lattes. So there was a whole, and I've noticed that there that a lot of the places that we go to now have a very, you know, the drink selection is expanding and the wine selection is shrinking. Yeah. So I used to have 30 bottles of wine on my list. Now I have 10, I have 10 beers and I have 10 alternative non-alcoholic drinks. So I think that mix is changing. You probably figure that data out. So I think there's a lot of stuff at play. Plus is, you know, millennials are like, what? $30, $40 bottle of wine? That's it's, That better be the best thing I ever put in my... They have more access to information about what's good and a large variety of it so they can find the people that they resonate with. And so the tastemakers have changed. There used to be a handful of tastemakers that said, hey, if you're a hip, cool kid, you drink this. Well, now that's all been balkanized in a major way. Yeah, the big you know, major media stuff's out, but I just think the whole tastemaker thing has changed. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to listen to that Parker dude. He's an old dude. What does he know what I like? You know, I'm going to go, you know, listen to the, you know, someone else who's going to tell me what's good. Or, better yet, I want to go meet the winemaker because they're only an hour away and and have that experience. Anyway, I think that that's there's more choices today. Maybe it's better because I'm talking out loud here, maybe that's what um, is really happening. But nobody's cracked well, the code. Well, if we know anything, we know farmers adapt. And, um, you know, we talked about this before. Yes. You know, farmers grow things that make them money. So, I mean, in, in this particular instance, you know, if, if, you, if you've uh, labored all year and you've grown some crops, some grapes, and you have a hard time selling them in the market, and if you if or if you uh, have to give them away so that you can break even, uh, you can bet those farmers are going to be looking at some other other crops to grow. Well, and yeah. that brings that brings on another issue because the nice thing about grapes is grapes are like 
the camels of things that growers grow. Yeah. Grapes don't need a lot of water once they're established. So it's 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 awesome because water costs money. Yeah. I mean, water is very expensive here in California. Yeah. And it's gonna, so, and again, and that problem is getting worse and worse. So it's it's a it's a dual pronged issue here because you're going to have people looking at how they can farm some other type of product, some other type of agricultural product, and still, you know, still make money. And uh, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to just to, to see what happens, but. I'm predicting that um, you're gonna we're gonna see a lot of we're gonna see unfortunately a, a, a lot more of this it's time to sell with with people that certain people that own vineyard properties and we'll probably see a lot more of uh, unfortunately some uh, uh, larger players coming in and scooping up this um, these properties because land is king. And yeah, um, for sure, and you know, I don't know. It's twenty. It's it's twenty six acres. Is that included in the seven? You said seven hundred seventy five thousand dollar price tag for the Vassar property. I know that's really inexpensive. Seems that's like, it? like wow. Yeah, where is that place? I'm gonna take a trip today. Um, but uh, you know that that joking aside, you know, uh, and your comment on farmers. Hey, marijuana is legal. I could probably plant an acre of marijuana and and like pay for my property in a couple of years and still grow grapes. Um, now you got to deal with the regulation that's not clear, the tax constantly changing. Yep, the tax situation which is very unclear. The um, banking, bank. Yeah, you 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 know you're going to have to be creative about moving money around. However, that that. So there's money to be made in that gray area across the board, and that's just going to get clearer and clearer. And if the you know the science pans out on some of this, where you know I can extract uh, a chemical that's a better pain reliever, CBD, a lot of people have heard of, um, I might end up with a you know not only surviving but thriving in that way. Um, you know, and but you know there at you know to your point, if I have fertile ground. I can put something in that ground that'll probably make me money. Yep. Cannabis um, plants, uh, by, you know, just, just on a side point, they they really need a lot of water. Massive amount of water. <laughs> so, well, if you have that's a... That's the part that people aren't looking at. Oh, uh, like, well... well every, sure. you know, yeah, it's a weed, man. I put it in the ground. It just grows. <laughs> they need tons of water. No, no. Yeah. They need... Yeah, yeah. They need tons... Absolutely. And so if you have a property like that, you have to well it doesn't cost that much well you need to be thinking about tanking water harvesting water yeah it rains a lot in you in mendocino county if you have marijuana plants you better be tanking all that water because it gets hot and it doesn't rain in the summer yeah, yeah. you know and buying having water delivered in a truck is pricey um it's pricey it's amazing. Well, the big battle we're having here, I mean, this is a site we're getting, you know, we're, we're definitely have pulled off to the side of the road, and I think we're almost running into the ditch, Bill. But, no, that's all right. But, well, it's all, it, the, other thing that we haven't, the other thing that we haven't talked about, which this is all related, it's all climate related. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, you, you, we could spend another couple hours talking about, uh, you know, climate change. It's Well, two weeks, what was it, two weeks ago? I think it was maybe a week and a half ago. They had a, 
a huge, uh, I mean, just a, a furnace blast of heat that hit South France. And they were talking 115 degrees for just days on end. It evaporated crops. <laughs> literally. I mean, <laughs> literally evaporated can you imagine walking out of your house and like a quarter of your crop is just gone yeah holy hell and like that's you you know that's like you're not eating steak for a couple months next year i mean it's you know that's uh, like you might not be eating for i mean it's literally you're 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 losing that much crop and what's left might not be that great you know so that's kind of what's that's that's going on everywhere. But everyone, they're looking at different. Um, the, the climate change thing is is quite the conundrum. We should do a we should do a, a climate change podcast. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was looking at some of these people. There's this one guy um, over here in France. He says uh, we started off very nicely, had a lot of nice flowering, and we th- we thought the tanks would be very full this year. Um, and uh, he's an organic producer. But when he when he said when we hit forty six degrees Celsius, it was pretty eye eye melting stuff, eye melting. They lost fifty percent of their yield in two days. And there's a picture he posted a picture, and they're just like, their their grapes are just like they're brown. They're like they're not they even look like raisins. Well, they look like they look like stuff that's been left on the vine. In in November, you know, if it hasn't been cleaned off, I mean, it's it's crazy. And just for those that don't know, just to you know, because I had to look this up myself, it's 114, um, almost 115 degrees, 46 degrees Celsius. So 114, 115 in Celsius or in Fahrenheit. And so you have to think about that in the context of where this is. So if you've ever been to France, I mean. You know, 80 degrees down in that part of the world, there's some humidity down there. It starts to get pretty warm. You're going to be sweating walking around. I can't imagine what it's like at 114. I mean, that's like that's like Mojave Desert hot. And plus, when you consider the last time that they got rain was in April. So, I mean, yeah, well, that's not why only... The, that's why the vines did what they did. I mean, it's... They evaporated, literally. <laughs> So you you really can't make any decent type of wine uh, no, no. because you don't have you don't have good grapes. You yeah. just don't. Yeah. So this See. one guy he said you know, in order to like make it to where he could break break even for the year, he decided to just go ahead and have his vines uh, uh, machine picked. He sent a machine through because he said if I did it like I normally do using people, it would cost me like eight hundred more euro. You know. So he's like, you know, he's like, do the math, man. I got to like, I got to live here. So this guy's been growing. Uh, his family's been wine growing for 16 years, and they're really not sure what's going to happen in the future if the weather continues to 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 be this erratic. Yeah. I mean, they might have to find another uh, occupation because that's their livelihood. Right. You know, so yeah, and it, you know, it's. It, I, I like the end of the article too, where the, you know, the people that they've interviewed for the article, anecdotal it is, it sort of have that, you know, we'll adapt and overcome spirit, which yeah. you know, 
what she brought up earlier, most farmers, I think, you know, if you work with the land, you have to have that sort of like, you know, you just have idea, you have that idea in your brain, you're also realize that, you know, you're going to have years like this. Um, and then we should, we should probably do some, some cast on, on climate change and the wine business, because, you know, it's absolute hubris to think as humans, we're going to have, we're going to be able to control any of this in any material way. Um, yeah. The systems are just too complex and we don't know enough. I know everybody likes to think the science is in, but we, you know, you're talking about, um, I, you know, let's <laughs> get down to, we have millions of years of earth and we're looking at a data set for this science that is one, it's one millionth of a fraction of the actual potential data. So to think that we have any idea of what might happen around climate or how we can make an impact on it is, is foolish right now. Um, well put. And the last well thing I'll say, anybody who isn't a skeptic about this, you need to, you need to go back and find out who started all of this. It's all was started to change the economic model around energy production. And so that a small group of people ended up on top and they're still around. And I will, I will leave that there. Um, it's actually not about the planet and changing it. It's about the finances. Um, Man, now talk about going down a rabbit hole. We could really go a long way with that one. You can connect the dots. It's all out there. It's all out there. And the last thing, please do not say that I'm a client. You know, please do not under think or um, put me in the category of a climate skeptic or um, – That'd be a mistake. Yeah, because the net net of well, the net net about the net net of all of this is we should all be environmentalists and conservationists. It is common yeah. sense to conserve what we have. We're producing yeah. more people. We have a finite, potentially finite amount of water. We should be more careful with it, and that'll have the positive effect we're all looking for. All this stuff's good oh. at the end of the day. Consume, you know. Well, the government, the government is going to help us out in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm turning on a point here because the ABC is going to be helping us That's out. Perfect segue. Regulations. Perfect segue. Yeah, so the California ABC has decided <laughs> I we passed a law in California. I had no idea. Did you? Um, I had no idea. And you think I would have an idea yeah. because I kind of stay up on stuff. And it's like I get press releases all the time, as I'm sure you do, uh, with things that are related to the wine industry. And I this the first I heard of it was like, Three days ago, I think. So it it it, it I, what I will say about this. I'm trying to find the. Um, um, so Gray Gray um, Blake Gray um, he he busted the story out, and he wrote this really really super so hasty story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like yeah. four or five days ago. It's like, and it was like you had like twelve hours to you know make a comment, comment or write. Or, yeah. Know, yeah, but uh, it was basically, you know, hey, pay attention, people. What's going on here? And um, so what's going on is uh, the ABCs decided to protect us. Yes, protect Just me. Protect. <laughs> they decided to protect us. And one of the ways that they're going to protect us is they're going to make it to where people that are serving us alcohol are more knowledgeable and are able to help us, I don't know, not drink too much. They recognize if we're intoxicated, recognize if we've been using some type of illicit drugs. All of this is designed to help us out. Um, what comes with this is you're going to get some new re new regulations where you're going to have to pass these uh, 
I mean, if you touch alcohol, uh, you have to pass um, these uh, new tests. And the tests are, you know, and they're still kind of trying to figure it out. But let's see. Let me go to, uh, let's see if I can go to where, try to find this. I got lost on my, uh, on my spot here. But these these tests are gonna gonna help. Uh, it's gonna help all of us uh, lead a better life and a safer life. Um, the problem with this is that it's it's just gonna create a whole new entire bureaucracy. It's gonna be like the DMV of wine, where you I could just see it, where you have to go in. You have to have a license test, to go drink. To uh, to serve. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I did. The end result is they'll run this out where you have to have like a stamp on your card and pay the ABC, so the server and you can look at the card and go, okay, you're like you're legal to drink for five for five classes. Seriously, that's like you run this kind of stuff out with this unchecked. Sorry, I'm being a little uh, over dramatic here, but this is just a classic case of government overreach into my private life. Um, well. I agree with that, and also uh, the fact they're going to be collecting uh, information. That's about, what I'm saying. Uh, you know, all all of the people, and you'll be in a database if you serve alcohol in any capacity. Oh or yeah, street yep. in any capacity. Um, and then if you let somebody through, that'll probably be on. Oh, if you got caught serving to a minor, that'll be in there. Um, all kinds so you of can't bad get stuff. A, you can't get a job waiting at waiting tables at this restaurant unless you've taken this course. Passed this course, and you know met all the requirements uh, that you need. You're probably gonna have to sign up, buy some special license somewhere. I mean, it's just like it's way over the top. Yeah, this so is a good to, line. An estimated one million Californians. That's the state's estimate. Will wake up on January first, and they'll have to have a new license to do their job. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna. Yeah, I, so I we will be out today. And we'll probably have dinner somewhere. I'm going to ask everybody in the restaurant if they even know about AB. And I want, that's what I was looking for. It's the bill is AB one two two one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I bet you no one knows about it. And it'll be a. I, I just it's amazing to me how. I I mean how did the how how is this not covered by the local paper? We have a tourism business that's basically built on food and wine in this county. Um, didn't see anything in the PD about this. I wonder if my, our local legislator's office even know about this damn thing. I, it's really amazing how they've been able to sneak it under the radar. But they did have 26 meetings, Bill. Yeah, well, yeah, if you look at where it is, it's, I guess, Vaca, Vacaville, maybe. Vacaville's the place to go for the meeting, Vacaville. Um San Diego, all stakeholders. Who the hell, who is that? RBS providers, Ontario, California. They had they had a meeting there. They had a meeting with Vacaville All Stakeholder. I don't even know who that is, man. But I I, I don't think they're really friendly towards the beverage industry. No, and I think all stakeholders means people from every anybody who might who this law might be affected. So okay, if, if I read all stakeholders, that means there were servers in the room. That's and if there weren't, that's a lie. To me, so if you're, because well, that law affects you as a server. And so well, they, there weren't many because if you read across the way, the number of attendees, there's only 17 people there. I, 17 I, I just, people. They're out of control. 
It's time. In the one meeting, they had a meeting in Vacaville, local government, that says there were two attendees. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Two people, Bill. So we we are we yeah. It's going to affect millions of people, and there's two people in one of the meetings. I think all Americans should take up the slogan for this next election: "Vote them out." If they're an incumbent, vote them <laughs> out. Seriously, nothing is working the way it should. Just just change everybody, change them all. No more Nancy Pelosi. No more Donald Trump. No more Joe <laughs> Biden. No more none of them. They're all gone. No more Gavin Newsom. No. No more Gavin Newsom. Just turn him over. Let's try how a new set of people. No more, how could you say no more Gavin? Come I on, don't, Bill. Just, let's just try somebody new. He's been in politics too long. Let's try someone new. Let's try some new folks. This is ridiculous, man. If you if you if you looked at the number of attendees, then you I'm just like briefly looking down this list of these 26 meetings. It's got to be less than. It's less than 300. It's less than 500. Yeah, and so there's a million people. Yeah, and probably it's probably less than 1% of the people who will be affected by this. I'm not seeing... We're talking about a million people. When I go out to a restaurant, I think of all the people that touch alcohol somehow. (laughs) I mean, that are working at that restaurant. Are all Safeway employees who handle and stock liquor going to have to have this license? Absolutely. I can't they gotta head down. That. They got to head down to the, what are we going to call it, Bill? Let's see. DMV, we'll call it the, uh, oh my God. Uh, it's got to be a new name. Dr- the, the, <laughs> it's the CADD, the California Department of Drinking. And it's a new DOD, just, Department of Drinking. They'll be just like our DMV. You'll go in there. Oh, my they'll God. Be like they'll all be drunk to begin waiting, with. And, and Sorry. they'll be like. Eight people kind of milling around in the center of the office. There'll be like one window open. The other people will be walking around casually chatting and talking with each other in a calm manner. Having coffee. Disappearing and going into other rooms in the back. Yep. And then you will hear, G7. <laughs> it will be your turn to go. You, this, you can't make this stuff up, Bill. No. No. And hey, it goes right back to my vote them out thing. Just vote them out. <laughs> Are you happy with the way the DMV works? That's got to change. Uh, we all have we all have Ajna about the DMV. So I think I have PTSD about going to the DMV because I just know place. it's not going to go. It's not going to go. I'm not going to be able to take my form in and my check and just get out in like 20 minutes. There's always a. There's always a hook. There, always there is. There's always a hook, man. You know, you think you're safe when you get in the line and you get up there, and then the person that's supposed to divide you and tell you which way to go in, and you think, "Oh, I'm good now." Never <laughs> Just the beginning. It's like, <laughs> "Welcome to hell." We're glad to see you. Well, the best comment was my my uh, about to be 17 year old's comment when he went to the DMV to take his permit. He just came home, and I'm like, "How's the DMV?" And he looked at me, and goes, "What the hell is that place?" <laughs> I'm like, that's a government-owned entity. He's, he just shook his head. He goes, that was just a fresh hell. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. Well, less government is probably a good thing. I yes, guess. yes, it is. I think we're all aligned. But, th- I mean, this is just absurdity. And I can't imagine that. I mean, how did this get passed? Well, the good thing is that they have actually extended the comment period. 
So that's good. So um, people, <laughs> you got a chance yeah, to you put in your start. comment. Yeah, you better start. Um, better. The deadline has been extended. And uh, let's see what is extended from. Uh, does he say on here? I think he says it's been extended to. Uh, I think it's another 30 days, but I, I can't find it right now. So um, if you care, um, I'm going to send a comment. Just uh, submit your comment. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, they're not going to have any more meetings, unfortunately. So, But uh, this type of stuff is crazy. I think it's aimed. It's, 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 I, I'm not going to say what I think it's aimed at. <laughs> it's just, it's asinine. It's really asinine. And I hope it doesn't go through. I hope I hope it somehow is uh, rescinded somehow. Oh, it's been extended extended to October 11th. So the period's been extended. So that's good. So you could uh, you could get on and you could kind of um, put in uh, put in some words and uh, let them know what you think. I also like his. Um... Hey, you. you uh, we will post. Uh, um... Um, Gray's the Gray reports post on this. The first one that he wrote on Wednesday is delightful to read, including the the final line, "Hold my beer." So, because um, he's talking, it, it is interesting that there. So there is a town on here that they did have a they did have some of these uh, comment meetings, but it's quite. Um, I mean, it's it's Vacaville, as we talked about, and they had how many meetings? They had like nine meetings in Vacaville. And he's just he anyway. He's got some choice words and phrases to say about that, which are just awesome, uh, including see the, <laughs> asking to see their expense reports from Vacaville. Here's um, one of the here's one of the uh, pieces in the in the legislation you'll like, and it relates to ID checking. It says the ID checking will establish a state law procedures for determining whether Section twenty five six six zero reliance upon bona fide proof of identification may be relied upon. This affects every clerk, checker, and other person in the state who sells alcoholic beverages, not just servers. Now all IDs must be pulled out of wallets, manually examined for flaws, and compared to exemplar databases. If that is not done, the ID cannot be relied upon. Whoa, whoa, compared to what kind of database? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Every person in a group where one person purchases alcohol will also have to be carded upon pain of the business losing its right to sell alcohol. If this is to be the law in California, it deserves to be discussed. Yeah, I agree. I mean, come on. <laughs> really? That's just like one thing. What is the with. jihad on alcohol? I mean, seriously, I just don't get it. I just, and, I, and there's a neo-prohibitionist group. Like what is happening? Kappa, it's amazing. the California Alcohol Policy Alliance. I didn't even know this thing existed, and it's no surprise. But um, pretty, pretty amazing. So that's uh, you know, there you go, man. Hold, hold my beer on that one. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty crazy stuff. So we, we should. Uh, we should I think run a bit longer than we were had planned. Yeah, on as, as usual, we were going to go forty minutes. We're already at sixty. Um, well, fifty-one to be exact, but who's counting? What do you 
what do you got on um, on tap here from for the rest of the day, man? What are you doing? So this weekend is the uh, air. There, there's an air show. There's a pretty active air museum in Santa Rosa. So if you if you come to Santa Rosa and aviation enthusiast, I highly recommend going out to Charles Schultz International, which is the airport here. Um, they have a really great museum and have a lot of um, aircraft from a lot of military aircraft that they've they've been able to get and restore including i think i saw the last time i went by they it looked like pieces of an sr-71 blackbird that they had gotten um which is a fascinating aircraft if you're an aviation enthusiast today and yesterday they have their air show so we'll probably go out to there um and there's you know there's always new things to go try that's uh that airport location is very close to um the new russian river brewing in windsor and in fact I would like to go to the Russian River Brewing in Windsor and watch the air show because it's on the approach to the airport. So you could literally probably sit there and have a beer in their back lawn and watch the air show, which would be lovely. And, in fact, you could have their signature Pilsner at Russian River called STS, which is the three-letter airport code for Charles Schultz. Um, so there's some you know, truly esoteric and insider knowledge of uh, Sonoma County. So yeah, we're just gonna go check out the air show today. Um, see what nice. that's like. Yep. Um, I have some. I'm an enthusiast, so is my so are my children. Plus, it's just fun to go look at. That's about it. Um, been to a new uh, a couple of new places, uh, a brewery wise. So we went to a brewery called Old Kaz. Um, mm-hmm. It's a. Oh, it's in Roner Park. Yeah. yeah, it's in Roner Park. It's kind of in a warehouse district. Um, very uh, a great tap room and brewery, just because it's very it's small, it's very craft, and you know you'll probably meet the winemaker or, or sorry the uh, brewmaster or the brewers if you go over there. They um, that family is uh, I think the brewers family is actually Czech. And so they they have a couple of pilsners um, and 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 styles of beer that are like that. So it's very interesting to try. Um, and you know the Czechs, you know, if you want to talk about people who are, are into beer, you have to remember that the Czechoslovakian Czechoslovakians actually rioted, I think, in the late 19th century or early 20th century over beer purity. Mm-hmm. Like okay. took out a government because the beer wasn't satisfactory. So, you know, there you go. That's good. And then there's another new place in town that we tried in Santa Rosa called Shady Oak. Um, Shady Oak Barrel, Barrel House or Barrel Room. It's near um, where Sears used to be in Santa Rosa, if you know that. So it's downtown. Uh, uh, Interesting place and experimenting a lot with yeasts and um, uh, bretomyasis and, of course, sour beers. So, um a lot of variety and interesting beers. They have a couple IPAs, um, uh, an ale, and then you know, sort of a whole sour Brett list, including some um, uh, beer that's, I'll say, aged or finished or whatever you want to say in a wine barrel. So, um, and all of these things are they are brewing beer. And what I mean by that is, if you go in there and you have a a pint of something, and you go in a month later and have a pint. The pint is still going to taste the same. Um, they're able to cleanly brew, and that's you know, if you can't make the same thing every time, you're not brewing beer. You're 
you have a chemistry experiment. So that's a, uh, a sure sign. And you can taste these beers. They, they're, they're good beers. Last thing I'll say about that, if you have a local brewery, go to that brewery and buy the beer. Um, fresh beer, it's made to be it's made to be consumed as soon as it's out of uh, it's finished with its brewing process um, and you'll notice it it's very different so and support those guys because it's you know oftentimes they'll you will find something that they make that they like or, or that you like that they make and and you can probably buy it cheaper and you'll get it fresher um, mm-hmm. so that's enough of what I'll say about that and I'll keep blaring the stuff in we we've been doing a little bit of the the other thing I would say about Old Cas is they have a um, a non-alcoholic drink that they brew. So they brew kombucha. So they make their own kombucha. If you know what kombucha is, sort of this mushroom tea um, um, uh, tea type thing, uh, tea type beverage that's brewed, but, and it's made similar to like you would make tea. And this it's made with this thing that looks like a it's kind of like this big mushroom thing looking thing. It's a very interesting process. Um, and they also make a thing called a shrub, which is kind of like, it's almost like a rosé process where they kind of squeeze the juice of the grapes and just get the basics and, you know, they ferment it a little bit. But it comes out like a soda. Um, and so I, and, and we were talking earlier about millennials. I see people going into these places. This is all anecdotal, by the way. I don't have any quantification of this. But there'll be three or four people in a group. Two people will be having a beer. Two people will be having these alternative beverages or water. Yep. Um you know, part of the ABC crackdown on drinking and driving and all of that stuff, you see that effect because people are being more conscious about it. Um, or they're taking Ubers. And then there's just more, hey, I don't like beer. So they're, you know, the retailers are and brewers are adapting. You know, they're making different stuff. Um, and we see that in the, you know, we're seeing that in the, uh, we talked last last time about White Claw, which is actually a malt beverage. Um and so we're seeing a lot of this alternative stuff. So that's what's that's what I've had lately. You had, any, had anything lovely to drink lately? You want to talk about? Um, I have a uh, well, you know, I've had a, a few good things. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a lot of good things to drink today. I think we're going to the James Suckling's um, Great Wines of the Andes. Wow. Yeah, that's gonna be in uh, San Francisco. So we're hitting that later on today i I believe it's in um it's in golden uh golden gate park there excuse me in the presidio okay i was like is that the presidio one of the presidio the nco club or one of the presidio club or one of those places yeah it's the one that the big fancy one that sits on the hill like the little officers club thing so and you know james suckling if there's one thing he does i mean he's really um you know when he does uh, when he does a tasting he does it big so I, my wife's never been to one so I, I'm taking her to it and she's gonna she's gonna be it's literally like a rock concert but there's wine because he always has you know the top-notch best best wines there and then you know it's 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 good food and there's always great music the music's blaring you know, usually, so it's just like a—it's an event, it's like, big yeah, party, it's an event. and it's in San Francisco. It's it's basically a party, so you see all of the women will be dressed up, and you know, it, it's not a place where you can actually seriously go and taste wines, but it is a, a, a it's a good party. It's more of a social event than a yeah. sort of a, a business tasting, and plus, it's on the weekend, which is you yeah. know, trade events are usually during the week, and 
kind of midday kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going, if you go to that, you know, don't, you know, you're going to be, I mean, there's going to be women wearing their, their perfumes and their colognes and, you know, you're not, I mean, don't get all bent out of shape, man. It's a party, dude. Yeah. No. So just, you know, just enjoy the party. Okay. That's good. Well, it's good advice. Yeah. You know, it's really good advice because it, you know, it, it, it is, uh, uh, it's funny. I'm becoming more, um, aware of the, the scent stuff. You know, especially, at, you know, anytime that you're around people, it's like, man, can you tone down the perfume or cologne a little bit? Like, yeah, dang it, I'm going to... Yeah, and <laughs> stop washing your clothes with Tide and Febreze. I'm sick of that <laughs> thing. It makes me want to vomit, but that's just me. So, they just smell me and I stink. <laughs> especially in 100 especially in hundred degree weather. Yeah, you and your patchouli oil. Yeah, there you go. exactly. <laughs> Hi. Hey, um, so I just wanted to mention one, but one wine I had. You ever had this one? I'm not sure. Yeah, is I'm, that I'm gonna... is that say spelt? It says spelt. Yeah. Yes. The, so the bottle looks very familiar, and so yeah, is the. Yeah, it's about as um, it's about as unassuming a wine label as you could get. Yeah. It has a vintage. At the top, in the center, it has the name spelt, and at the bottom, it has the name of the winery, which is uh, Fattoria La Valentina. Um, it, the wine is uh, Montepulciano uh, d'Abruzzo, and it's uh, from the vintage 2015. I just mentioned that. Um, the winery hails from um, an area called Spoltore. Um, Spoltore is on the um, – it's near the Adriatic coast. So this area is kind of like it's you could call it central Italy, but I think when you go there, it probably has more of the southern Italy type of charm going for it. Um, interestingly enough, I've been to Italy a number of times. I've never been to the Adriatic coast, so I'm, it's on my list. I really like the wines from that area, but they're not that well known. Um, the winemaker for this, uh, well, actually, um, the people that own it are uh, Sabatino, Roberto and Andrea Di Prospercio. Uh, they're the owners. They've owned it since the 1990s. Um, they ran it for eight or nine years, and they said, ah, we better get some help. So they brought in Luca uh, Datoma, and uh, he's a rock star winemaker. Uh, actually, he owns a brand that you probably have seen, Bill, called uh, Duimani, which means two hands in Italy. You've probably seen that brand. Yeah, yeah. Makes that. Uh, uh, it's kind of a millennial type brand, really <laughs> colorful labels, um, zippy, right fresh, packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to drink. He owns that with, yeah, easy to drink. He yeah. owns it with a woman called Elena Chelli. And Elena was, um, I think she was in the fashion industry and she was in the marketing. So she does the marketing and he does all the, you know, the vineyard work and, and seeing over the vineyards and the winemaking. But he actually consults for some fairly uh, – uh, the, the dude is well-traveled. Um, he consults for a lot of high-end wineries. Um, uh, Le Macchioli, which is in Bulgari, uh, which is on the other side, uh, the Mediterranean side. Uh, and they make um, Cabernet, Cabernet Franc. They make uh, Bordeaux blends. Uh, he uh, consults for Poggio Al Tesoro. And uh, he also uh, consults for Tuarita. That's just a few places that he consults for. So the guy gets around. He knows what he's doing. Um, this place is – this is not a small 
small uh, operation. It's 99 acres, which is pretty big. What? For, uh, yeah, for yeah, an Italian. So for, that's about, yeah. you know, they make 30, 30,000 cases of wine. That's a lot of wine. That's a big winery over there. They, so, from what I know. Yeah. So they, um, they farm uh, in an environmentally friendly way, um, which is good. Actually, they're working on their uh, organic certification as we speak. Uh, this wine is in, it's imported by um, uh, Dalla Terra, Terra Dalla, which is uh, a Napa importer, and they import a lot of really fine um, Italian wines. They make uh, Montepulciano, which is the wine I'm talking about. They also make a Cirasuolo. If you're not familiar with Chirasuolo, Chirasuolo is Montepulciano where they just squeeze the juice juice out of it and they're not trying to get very much color from the skins at all. Um, um, if you ever run across some Chirasuolo anywhere, give it a try. It's really, really delicious wine. Um, they also make a Trebbiano, a couple of types. Uh, they make a Pecorino, which is the latest, greatest, fancy white grape now in Italy. That's Everyone's not a cheese. About it is a cheese. It's very confusing. It's a cheese and a wine, but it's a, it's a native grape to Italy. It's called Pecorino. Do they taste I've good a, together? I don't know. I've I've had a number of. I I don't I don't get the Pecorino yet. I don't get it. I haven't had a good one yet. I don't think. Uh, and they also make a Fiano, so they make a, a variety of wines. Um, this wine is. Um, I discovered this wine last year. At the Trebbiadi. That's what I was going to say. If I've had it, that's where I've had it. Yeah, and um, yeah. Well, I, I'll take that back. I discovered this wine probably like about 15 years ago, but I discovered this vintage at the Trebbiadi, and I believe it got um, it got three glasses at the last um, at the last event. Wow, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, you know what's really interesting though. I finally so I put on my list. You know, when I go to these these shows. I find things that are interesting. I think they're great. I want to share them with people. A lot of times when you go to these events, these wines aren't currently available. They're coming. They're the wines that are coming down the pipe. Right. And usually if they get uh, Trey B. Chiarity or if they get, um, you know, a, a, from some other guy, they get a high award. They're in When they come in the market, they're in the market for a very short period of time. They're in, they're out. So you got to keep an eye on them. So it finally popped up. I got it. I'll tell you this. When I when I poured it in the glass and I took a big whiff, a sniffy sniff as as um, they say, I didn't smell anything. I'm like, what's going on? Uh -oh. So it has a super shy nose. Uh, I mean, it's completely it's completely closed at the moment. The nose is completely closed. So this this recommendation that I'm giving you for this wine is is not for enjoying it now. It's for buying it now and then open it up six months down the road because I, I think it's a little bottle shot. We need some time. Yeah, need yeah. Some time. But but on the palate, it's it's still you can tell that that the the stuffing is there. It's got that dark mulberry, uh, really plummy flavors, um, nice firm tannins, uh, and it's got this freshness and tanginess. Um, on the finish that, that really let me know that it's going to be a really special wine when it does decide to open up. Uh, it's, it's 20 bucks. So it's in that, you know, if you can find something of this quality at 20 bucks, I say always grab a few. And uh, that's my wine recommendation for this week. Awesome. Thanks for that. Sounds good. So, um, price point? Price point, 20 bucks. Sorry. I thought I didn't catch that. 
Awesome. All right. So uh, let's wrap it up. We appreciate everybody listening. Um, we'll uh, keep forging on. Uh, we, we keep clunking along, Bill. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're make, you know, we're 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 plunking along. We're we we have to get it. We have to start uh, planning some uh, field trips. Um, uh, start getting I out. Love field trips. I know. I love we we need to just hit some of these places. There's you know, things have. It's funny how you you know you you will spend time in a certain area. Things have started to because of the dynamics. Things are changing. There's new yeah. players on the scene. Um, the old players are still there that are doing their thing. So we should we should take some trips. I think. But uh, thank you, as Al said, to everybody who's listening, everybody who's out active on the twitters. Um, Al certainly out there every day. Um, keeping people informed um we appreciate all the facebook likes we're you know we're getting a couple of those every day believe it or not and um yeah if you uh um you can always hit us up at info at vino101.net if you want to make a direct connection there um like us on facebook or instagram we have presence there or or i should say facebook uh we haven't put the instagram page up yet but we will uh you can hit us up on the twitters at vino101.net Thanks for listening. Tell your friends if you like it. Goodbye, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.